When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working, and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality, and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, welcome back to another show. This is episode 175. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as as the podcasting queen. Did you know that 94.2% of journalists and editors are on LinkedIn and they're all on the lookout for experts and thought leaders to connect with to help them with articles that they're working on? Now, did you also know that there are now over 430 million members and 8 million just here in, in Australia on LinkedIn? And out of those, 49% of them are key decision makers. And according to our guest today, our sole purpose when it comes to marketing should be to get our message right and get it in front of those key decision makers. So how do I do that, you ask? Well, today's guest is going to show you how to do that. Join me on today's show is Alex Peruse. Alex is an entrepreneur, he's a speaker and founder of Link. Linkfluencer, love that, the world's leading online community for LinkedIn training, as recognized by Inc. and Huffington Post magazine. And he founded the business in 2013 with the aim to change and transform the way business owners and entrepreneurs market their business by leveraging the power of LinkedIn. And on today's show, Alex is going to share the importance of getting our message right so that we can positively position ourselves in front of those key decision makers, as well as three steps that is going to enable you to master LinkedIn so that you can be found. So welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks for having me. And I've got to say, that's probably the best podcast introduction I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, it did really well there. Nice. <laughs> I think so many more business owners and specialists in their field have recognized the incredible power of LinkedIn, particularly the people who really are networking there, building great relationships. Yet, unfortunately, so many of us continue to struggle to really position ourselves and make those connections. So it really is an honor that you're able to share some tips and strategies that I know that you certainly share with your clients. So when we're talking about the importance of getting our message right, what would you say are some of the common things that you see are happening that are just not really positioning entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, specialists in the best way possible when it comes to their LinkedIn profile? I think there's a number of things, but the, the thing that comes to mind first and foremost is I'll kind of share the example, but then I'll take it back to, you know, how relevant this was to the earlier days of my business journey. So mm -hmm. what happened was, for those that don't know my story, you know, first four years in business from 22 to 26, I failed in my first four businesses and I lost a lot of money, had a lot of expensive um, lessons. Mm -hmm. And um, 
at the end of that fourth failure, I got a mentor on board and really helped me understand what my purpose was in business and who my strengths, weaknesses, etc. Yes. Now, one of the things I learned in that was what he calls the outside-inside approach. So a lot of the times when I was marketing those first four businesses, I was thinking of the products and services I wanted to sell. I would then think of the price I wanted to sell, and then I would go out and basically market that at that price without the end user in mind. Mm -hmm. And what he really taught me is the inside-outside approach. So looking at your target market, understanding the needs and wants, and then, you know, going out there and building something around that. So the biggest issue that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners face on LinkedIn is they build a profile that looks like a cover letter or a resume. You know, the summary is boring. It's got bullet points. I don't know about you, but anytime I, I go on a LinkedIn profile and I'll see that they've got bullet points and just like a summary of who they are rather than how is that relevant to the person that you're looking to engage with. Mm. So what we recommend is building a profile based on the outside inside approach which is consistent of three things the first first thing is before you even think about writing your profile look into what are the top three objections that you normally face when selling your product or service then the next thing you want to look at is what are the top three challenges your product or service solves and then the third thing is what makes you unique in the marketplace once you've got the answers to this we then recommend going to a professional copywriter because half the time, like half the battle is just writing good copy. And most of us are either too close to our own story or we just don't know how to write copy. So mm. I know how to write copy and I've, I've done copywriting for years, but I still got a copywriter to, to do my profile. Your profile, if it's if you know the answers to those three questions and you weave that into your summary, your experiences, your skills, your recommendations, all of a sudden, what that does is it builds this thing that we've uh, labeled connectiveness. So they get on your profile, they go, wow, like I, I connect with this person. And that's what's going to take, what's required to go from a, you know, looking at your profile to then converting to be a connection and from a connection, building that trust rapport in order for them to take the next step. Now, mm -hmm. that next step could be a download, could be a webinar, could be face-to-face -face meeting, et cetera. So there's some of the tips that I'd recommend. Yeah, those are great tips. And I think, uh, you know, when you read through some of the profiles, absolutely right. It just seems like this glorified brochure, which doesn't yeah. take into account uh, someone's needs. And so often we're passionate about the off the offerings that we do have. But unfortunately, at this stage, people don't yet know, like, or, or trust us. Let's just talk a little bit about the, the word you use, connectiveness. And I, I do love that because I want you to speak a little bit about writing in first person versus yeah. writing in third person. You might want to give an example. What do you think is best? What do you think is going to offer more connectiveness when it comes to someone reading our profile? This is a topic that's been going on for years. And mm. my personal opinion is that as you start building your brand, you're going to get some accomplishments along the way and results such as like you're being featured in the media, you're doing a lot of public speaking, you might have sold a business. Uh, you might have done a lecture at a uni, whatever that might be. Like along the way, you're going to collect these accolades. And the issue in writing in first person is that if you start talking about yourself and some of your achievements, all of a sudden you're going to come across arrogant and you're going to come across as someone who shows off. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest issue with writing first person. Now, um, we recommend writing in third person. And I'll give you an example. So on my profile, if I started saying in first person such as, yeah, I've been featured in 50 media publications. I write for Huffington Post. 
entrepreneur. I also write for HubSpot. You know, I've done over a hundred talks all over the world. Automatically, you think, okay, so what? Like, mm. wh- why are you telling me all this stuff? I don't care. So I always recommend writing in third person. And mm-hmm. every client we've had that we've recommended this to, like, they get people to view their profile and then accept their invitation because it's not necessarily the issue isn't first or third. It's the content within the copy. Yes. And a lot of times that the content is good, but it's not in the right context as well. So, you know, a lot of people say content is king, but I think content nowadays without the right context is actually worthless. And if you're thinking about then your ideal client versus the media, so journalists, podcasts, hosts, editors, would you say that there's going to be similarities or is it quite different in the way that you approach the development and obviously the content that you share on your profile for both those audiences? Yeah, no, I think it would be similar. So we have an online course when people go through it, we get them to come up with like a client avatar and there's got five different metrics. And that Mm. metric is first and foremost, what industry are you playing in? Because if you don't niche, you don't exist. The next thing you need to consider is what type of company are you going after? Like the size, are you going after zero to 10, 11 to 50, et cetera? Mm -hmm. What location, you know, who are the key decision makers? And then what are the keywords that they use? Now, if you know that client well, and you know your industry world, then you know the challenges they're facing, you know the hurdles that they're going through, and then you want to position yourself as a person who is an advocate, first and foremost, for the industry and wanting to change that industry, and then two, how uh, you've showcased in the past in order to be able to solve those problems. Now, mm-hmm. the biggest issue most people face, and this this is quite evident here in Australia, not so much in the States, we just think too small here. And I don't know whether it's a byproduct of the population we have compared to the States, but when I when I, I went to the States in 2014, end of 2014, and you ask someone in the States, what do you do? Even though they might have like a small accounting firm, they'll say, I'm changing the accounting industry. Whereas if you ask someone here, what do you do? Oh, I'm an accountant. That's the big issue because for me, I would never ever get up to sell online programs, masterminds, like just doesn't excite me. But what excites me is the possibility of transforming how the mass market market them. So that to me, like I literally do it 24-7, mm-hmm. uh, uh, seven days a week. I just love it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. Most people don't project that and therefore people just don't buy into them because they're just another number in the system or mm. in the industry. Yeah. I love the way that you said that. And I think it's so true when you go from country to, to country. And I've got a number of colleagues, clients, and, and I've had coaches in the US too. And, you know, for many of them that they have no hesitation in being able to communicate really well in an inspiring way. And, you know, I don't know whether it is the Aussie attitude, whether, you know, they're trying to be humble or something like that, but we're not talking about being arrogant. I think what you're no. saying too, is if you tap into the why, why are you passionate? about what you're doing what are you wanting to make as far as the change you're actually inspiring people so with an accountant as you said they're changing the world they are you know supporting their clients and getting out there and having profitable business so that they can make a bigger impact in the industry that they're uh, working in and so that in itself really opens up the possibility to further conversation whereas as you said if you say well I'm an accountant I mean how often then do we think oh okay we judge people by the experiences that we have had with previous Mm. clients 
accountants and so forth. But this accountant might be completely different. And so we don't want to limit ourselves. What other things then do you see um, people should be doing on their LinkedIn profile? If you think of a couple of other steps that you want to share with people today. First and foremost, people don't care about what you say till they know how much you care. So mm. um, you got to come with that mind frame. And like, this is beyond a LinkedIn profile, but I think it has absolute relevance to it as well. What I'm seeing right now is the entry to starting a business right now is basically nothing. Like anyone could essentially do it. Whether you do it right, is that's a different ball game. And uh, a lot of people can't execute or won't execute. They're hiding behind content. They're not getting on with the job and actually you know, building out the mission. So what, what tends to happen is people go into this mode where they go, okay, I want short-term vi- wins, so therefore I'll just connect with people and then try to sell them. Um, and then that reflects on their profile as well. Like it all comes down to the mentality. Like when I started Linkfluencer four years ago, I said this is a seven to 10-year play. And any post, any interaction, any comments, any videos we put out, any programs we develop, if it is not first and foremost trial and tested with us, and second of all, if if it's not of the highest quality, now I get it, like the first iteration of our online course was not the best, but it was the best at that point. Mm -hmm. So I think just coming from that mind frame that, you know what, anything I do, I'm going to come from the space of excellence. So whether it's your profile, whether it's your website, whether it's speaking to a client, your goal is to come from that space. And so when you look at your LinkedIn profile, some of the things you need to think of is if I'm coming from the space of excellence, what do I need to project to my clients? Now, we talked about building on the outside inside approach. The other thing you want to build is obviously, you know, your summary needs to be in a story format. Try to stay away from dodgy tactics like I think you've probably seen it, you know, on some people's profiles or even the headline. They go, oh, I help clients increase their revenue by 328% within mm. the next four and a half days. Stuff like that. It's just that's 10 years ago. That's what I call push marketing. So what you want to do is you want to build enough cred. You want to build enough expertise on your profile. So people just accept your invitation. You're not, it's not like they're going to go on your profile and two minutes later, they're going to go on your website and buy your 15 grand package. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a process involved. So what we recommend when building a profile is build it on the basis that the only goal you should be having with your profile is for people to accept your invitation when you're running email marketing campaigns through LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, obviously, if the media are looking at it or partners, it's for them to also accept because sometime within your relationship, you're going to have that conversation with them and your profile, and we can go into this a little bit deeper later on if you've got time, your profile actually comes up first before your website. That's the interesting part. If we're writing for a journalist or for an editor or for a potential client, your profile in itself is going to come up and people really are going to make a judgment, a first call about what you've written on their pro- your profile before they even click through to the website. And often they don't click through to the, to the website uh, unless, of course, you've really made a great impression uh, on, on your LinkedIn profile. Absolutely. Look, your first impression is either your best or last. It's just as simple as that. People are time poor. They're looking for experts that don't have time to go sift through three, four pages of Google. So they come across your profile. If it's not reflective of who you are and how who you are can help them achieve their goals, then they just simply go to the next person. And the issue issue is that a lot of people spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand on their website, but they won't invest couple hundred dollars into their profile and like you go on a website the perception of a website compared to a LinkedIn profile is that you know you own 
your website. So you could literally put anything on your website. Mm -hmm. Now, your LinkedIn profile, to a degree, you own it as well. Now, the way to kind of connect the dots in terms of you're not just saying all this other stuff, but you're also getting recommendations of people who are also vouching for what you're saying. And that you do that through LinkedIn recommendations, far more powerful than getting testimonials on your website. Even video testimonials, I'd rather get LinkedIn recommendations because unless they're raw videos on your website, most people they don't think that that's like a you, you've done it at a like a video shoot. Now, so you think, think it's that, staged? People tend to think that if with a video uh, testimony, it can be a little bit too state, looking like it's been staged. Yeah. So yeah, so absolutely, and your LinkedIn recommendation, you can't stage that. Like that's connected to someone else's LinkedIn profile. They own it. And when someone gives you a recommendation that is connected to their profile, they're going to make sure that that's one, a good recommendation and two, it's an authentic one. Mm -hmm. So um, like not to brag or anything, but I've actually got 140 recommendations. Now that took me a long time, but I recognize and I'm a practitioner. Mm -hmm. I would never teach anything unless I'm doing it myself. So um, that's probably another thing that I see in a lot of industries. A lot of people say that they're an expert, but at the end of the day, they're not preaching mm-hmm. uh, what they're teaching, which is, to me, it's just ludicrous. Yeah, you have to walk your talk. And you know what I think what you've just said is um, it's so well, or I should say it's such a powerful insight that whatever we say in our profile, you know, that the header and, and what people will read when they first come across our profile, we need to validate that, don't we, in the following information. So Absolutely. maybe publications, you said as as um, references that were recommendations in this instance that people leave on, on LinkedIn, all of those different things that we put on our profile are going to validate what we've said above. And many times, and I don't know if you found this, Alex, then when you start looking further down the profile, a lot of people haven't even completed a lot of the details. It's sparse or non-existent, which I think is another step that they have to do is get it completed so that people can get a really solid overview of, of your expertise and what you offer. Absolutely. When we sell LinkFluencer to LinkedIn, the first thing I would recommend in that role of it is Anyone who hasn't completed more than 50% of their profile, their profile becomes non-existent. Hmm. Until you reach the 50% mark, um, so I'd do two things. One, your profile, um, most people don't actually know, but you can lay it out. You can actually move the, the sections around. And I think your profile needs to go in the right flow in order for people to really connect with you. So like your summary first, back that up with your skills and expertise. Then it's your work experience. Then it's the foundations you've helped. All that sort of stuff, it's essentially what you're doing is you're creating a sales page. Without coming across cheesy, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you connect with the audience. But um, like that's the first thing I do. And then second of all, if it's not more than 50% complete, you might as well just delete your account because you're doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Because imagine this. Imagine I, I come onto your website and we're looking to start a podcast. And I get on there and, uh, you know, you've got – I've gone on your website, but then I've gone on your experiences and all your experiences are just about coaching rather than a podcast service. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start thinking to my, and then you've got no recommendations, nothing in sight that talks about podcasts automatically. Okay. Well, why isn't her profile saying this, but her website is saying this, or sometimes people haven't updated their profile in years and it's telling, I came across a profile the other day when I was doing a public speaking talk and there was a guy who was head of ANZ, but 10 years ago, 
he was working at a, a KFC branch. Oh, no. And that experience with nothing filled, like, okay, you could be working at KFC and maybe head of branding or something yes. like that. It's not that bad, but, like, when you're working at a store, like, you just got to got to mm. pull it together and you got to put some pride into your online profile and look i take a lot of pride in that and i want my best me coming forward and mm-hmm. i just think people just just don't don't hold that to a lot of value and therefore um you know it's reflective of who they are and i think that that old expression of you know the mechanics car never gets around to getting a whole full service or, or does break down but in the instance of our online profiles no matter what and and obviously you know i certainly point the finger back at, at myself too we need to be mindful that we are regularly checking or at least have someone in our team that can update that because as you said you often only get that one opportunity to make that impression. And I know with journalists and editors, mm. they're busy. They don't have time Absolutely. to hunt down and search down and they'll just click off the profile and go on to the next because, as we've said in the uh, opening introduction, 430 million people, 8 million here in Australia, that is a lot of people that uh, those journalists can connect with if, if your profile isn't uh, the best. What last words of advice would you give for someone who's recognised, okay, I know that I need Need to do some work on there but maybe there is someone who thinks that they have gone through that but they're still not getting the right kind of responses is there some other words of advice that you would have for them yeah well there's a few so like first and foremost you're no longer what you say you are you're what google says you are so there's there's this term in on online marketing where we we say the tmot so the moment of truth so if you don't have a personal brand within your industry or looking to build your influence and this is why we started the influencers podcast because i'm such i'm so engrossed and you know passionate about influence because it's been the number one key driver for us in our business so you got to build influence and the way to build influence is through a series of steps media make sure your social media accounts especially your linkedin profile is up to speed and uh relative to who you are as well as um, that being relative to you serving the market, you got to make sure that you, um, you know, you start getting into podcast shows, you start uh, guest blogging for other people, you become a columnist. Like all of this stuff helps because when someone searches for me now, the first five pages of podcast shows, columns that uh, I write, uh, publications I write for, publications I've been featured in, what that does, it builds brand equity. Now you can't put a price on brand equity. But I can certainly guarantee you that without that brand equity, we we as a company, Linkfluencer, would never be where we are. And, you know, the other advice I would give is do your research. Like there's a lot of people right now that, you know, will read a textbook. They're probably very good marketers, um, but they're just trying to flog off products because it's easy to do that these days. If, you, mm. if you've got a marketing hat on, it's easy to go out there and sell stuff online. But the issue is that there's a lot of educators and there isn't enough practitioners. So, you know, if someone's telling you to do something, and Marie, let's say I came to you, I was looking to buy a house and I said, I'd like to buy an investment property. And then you go, yeah, investment properties are fantastic. I definitely recommend you buying one in Docklands within Melbourne. I go, okay, have you got any investment properties? And then you say no. And so, and then I still take your advice. Mm. I've got to go internal. I've got to start thinking, well, why am I taking an advice of someone who's actually not following their own advice? 
Why haven't you purchased in documents if it's such a good opportunity? That's right. So I think question people, follow a proven system, like without coming across promoe, you know, we've got a three-step system that we've developed over the past four years through trial and error across 55 industries. I'd recommend downloading that because that will give you a good head start in terms of how to leverage LinkedIn and then how to actually use the system to do it. So look, there's so many different things, but they'd be my top top three. And that's a great segue into sharing with people, Alex, how they can find out more information. We'll put all of those links up on the show notes as well, but how would they get a copy then of of, um, some of those tips that you've just shared today? We've got this digital guide and it comes with a 15 minute video. So our methodology is called the three steps to LinkedIn mastery. Mm -hmm. So if you go to linkfluencer.com forward slash guide, L-I-N-K-F- l-u-e-n-c-e-r.com slash guide you'll be able to download it we should really be charging for it it's it's just a phenomenal resource it's taken us four years to continuously redevelop uh to make sure it's up to up to speed and i'd recommend not just downloading it but actually executing on it and i i say this within my talks i always say don't even bother downloading that unless you're willing to execute because There's just no point Mm -hmm. knowing knowledge without executing because it's just worthless. I just urge you to take action. Take action quickly because I don't know about you, but I've gone to so many events at some stage in my career. This is dating back about eight years ago. I became a seminar junkie. Um, Yep, been there, done that. (laughs) Yeah, you've been there too? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what happens is you actually start getting depressed because you're here and then you know where you want to be. And you know you've got the knowledge, but then all of a sudden you start getting depressed around why you're not achieving your goals. Mm. And the reason why you're not achieving your goals is because you're too engrossed in content and you're not actually taking action. Unless you're going to download and actually execute, I'd recommend not downloading it. And I hope I don't come across harsh, but that's just a sad reality. Like, Look, I, do, I absolutely yeah. totally agree. And I think that sometimes what happens is, is this vicious cycle. And unfortunately, some educators or people that want to impart their knowledge, and this is certainly not um, where you're coming from, Alex, like I can tell that from your approach, that some of them want to keep you stuck. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're perpetually releasing the stuff only because they want to keep you in overwhelm so you don't get into action. And because things aren't working well, because you haven't taken action, you think then, well, I need to learn more. I need to learn yeah. more. Yeah. But as you said, take action. You know, those increments that you are updating your profile and it really is written in a way that has that connectivity, that's when you're going to start seeing the results. But until it's there and working for you, um, yeah, downloading it and hoping that it's going to work for you is certainly not a good strategy at all. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we could talk all day about this topic because it really (laughs) is one that's of interest, I think. And yes, because there are so many different businesses and business people working across similar industries, we really do need to be mindful about how we position ourselves in a unique distinguishable way so that if someone's looking at uh, what we have to offer we they really can see whether they're a journalist whether they're media or whether they're a potential client they can see what is unique and how we certainly then um, offer a service and the way that we experience it uh, is different for everyone else and we can certainly do that first step with our LinkedIn profile all of the details we'll add uh, for you Alex all of the links on the show notes and And the show notes are available at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES175, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES175. Are you a specialist who supports small business? 
and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host, or if you have an existing business-focused podcast, and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach, and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Alex. I appreciate it. Thank you. So there you go. If you're going to download that guide, then make sure you take action in the next 24 hours. And if you want to be uh, committed to that, then why not leave a comment below the show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES175. And either Alex or I will be your accountability partners because your profile won't stand out to those you know, journalists and across all of those people who could be your ideal client unless you get it updated and it really is showcasing you as an influencer in your field. If this is the very first time that you have joined us, look, it has been an honor. I know that you've taken away so many good things to be able to implement to take your business to the next level. Subscribe to our iTunes channel if you haven't already. We look forward to connecting with you again next week. Bye for now, everyone. See you, Alex. See you later. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.